0: I'm Matt Bush with BPR News. I'm speaking with political scientist Dr. Chris Cooper of Western Carolina University. Chris, as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Matt. So, we now have our much awaited Supreme Court ruling, which threw the maps out for Congressional and General Assembly seats. They now need to be redrawn. Republicans in control of the legislature, who drew the first round of maps that were thrown out, have said they will redraw these instead of leaving it up to the court. So, take us through what goes and what's going to happen here for the rest of the month.
1: Yeah, a lot of uncertainty um, once again, but luckily we'll be moving towards some increased certainty soon. So we're going to have new maps by the 23rd of this month. So by February 23rd, the court order says that we are going to have maps adopted by noon. The next day is when we have filing reopened. So essentially what's going to happen is people are going to be trying to figure out what district they live in. Trying to figure out how other candidates are going to adjust with the new maps and deciding whether to run, and if so, where. And so, that filing period is going to start again the day after the decision comes down, and um, it will continue until on to, on to March 4th at noon.
0: So, let's say these new maps are drawn, and the people who sued, the plaintiffs who sued in this last case, they don't like them again. They think they're still illegal partisan gerrymanders. Can they sue again? Will they sue again? And what happens if they do sue again, regardless of the outcome?
1: These are, these are great questions. And as we've learned in North Carolina redistricting, anything is possible. So I think it is possible that the new maps are drawn by the General Assembly, are adopted and stand. I think it's possible that the court decides the new maps drawn by the General Assembly aren't good enough, and they go with a map drawn by the plaintiffs. It's possible they decide that neither one is any good. They go with a special master. We've done that sometimes in the past. It's also possible they adopt the General Assembly map and then the plaintiffs decide to sue again because they argue that they are still gerrymandered. If that were to happen, it's certainly possible again that we could see the primary date and the filing deadline move once again. So we sort of have a tentative target, again, a filing reopening on the 24th of this month but asterisk on the tender.
0: Right. It's a very tight deadline to say the maps have to be done by February 23rd so that candidate finally can continue or can start. Then on the next day, it'll be a lot of scrambling. Of course, we're used to that out here, considering what happened for the 2020 congressional election out here. Um, so it does make a very, very tight time frame. How will candidates react to these news? Because it isn't just the congressional seats we've been focusing on, it's state legislative seats, and specifically in Buncombe County, the new maps for House districts in Buncombe County also determine – uh, county commissioners districts.
1: That's right. The the trickle down effects of these maps are huge. So um, you know, candidates aren't gonna have a lot of time to decide. For Congress, as as we know now because of Madison Cophorn, you don't have to live in the district you run. It. So they have a little bit more freedom. But these General Assembly members cannot run out of district. And so in some ways these maps have an even greater effect on them. And in Buncombe County, um, that is one of the Counties that was highlighted in this most recent lawsuit, and so I think folks might expect to see some changes coming down in Buncombe County. That's certainly not going to move us in a more Republican direction. The question is whether it moves Buncombe County in a more Democratic direction or kind of staying right where we are today.
0: You've always said retribution, revenge, recrimination are just very, very long-standing parts of North Carolina politics. So we've had this Supreme Court decision. A lot of chatter about it on the Republican side. They obviously lost, so they're not happy, but there's already talk of what could happen in the future. So take us through what could happen in the future, at least from the chatter we're hearing right now in February 2022. I think, as you said, we have absolutely no idea what it may happen next week, much less next month, much less next year. So I think what's well, the one thing we can be certain of
1: is that the state Supreme Court races are going to be, you know, among the most important races in our state. So we're used to them kind of increasing in importance over recent years. Um, I think the spotlight is gonna be on them uh, in a much brighter light this go round. And the reason is that this was a 4-3 decision on a court that is divided 4-3, meaning four Democrats and three Republicans. We have two seats that are open. So if the Republicans were, of course, to win those seats, then we're gonna have a Republican majority um, what some folks are arguing is that if the Republicans are able to regain the uh, state Supreme Court, that they might then redraw the congressional lines again. So we're used to thinking about lines that are supposed to be drawn uh, you know, every 10 years. And for the General Assembly, that is the case. But there is a possibility for congressional lines to be drawn in the middle of that decennial cycle. So some folks are thinking that, hey, if the Republicans can then regain the state Supreme Court, that what they will do is to try to redraw the lines once again for Congress. So maybe this is kind of a one and done map at the congressional level.
0: We'll just have to stay tuned. No other way to really put that other than that because, again, we have no idea what may be coming down by the end of the month um, and when we're going to have our primary. But, again, right now it's still scheduled for May 17th. One thing a lot of people, not just in Western North Carolina, but North Carolina and the United States will be looking at is – what these new maps will look like for Madison Cawthorn. He has sent out a a, a mailer that came out after the Supreme Court ruling saying he's going to have to run, or hinting that he will have to run in a competitive primary. So, reading between the lines, what does that mean? Because previously, under the maps that were drawn that were thrown out, didn't look like he was going to have to run in a competitive primary. He was going to be running in a different district than the one he currently serves. So read between the lines. What does that mean? You know, Madison Cawthorn, one thing is he
1: always keeps us guessing. Um, So there is the flyer you talked about. There's also the lawsuit that he recently filed that keeps open the possibility of him moving to a different district. So in that filing, he says something like he's going to run in the 13th or whichever district is appropriate. And so a lot of folks have looked at that and said, hey, he's leaving open the possibility of coming back to the 14th district, back to his home district, back to Western North Carolina. Um, The district that he's currently running in is the 13th district. That is one that I think is... um, you know, among the more likely to be redrawn, uh, it's very, very close to the home of Patrick McHenry, an incumbent uh, Republican who many folks in Asheville are familiar with, as he used to represent the 10th congressional district when it was included Asheville. And so, if McHenry and the new Cawthorn district were kind of double bunked together, perhaps he moves back west again. If he were to move back west again, it opens up another host of questions. Will Michelle Woodhouse still run? Would Chuck Edwards still run? And what other ways would our field change uh, in the far western counties? And so, again, we just don't know. Because Madison Cawthorn has thrown the notion that you run in your home district completely on its head, then uh, we don't really know where he's going to run. we got to assume it's going to be strategic but we don't know where that strategy is going to
0: lead. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear more speculation about this. What your thoughts would be what that strategy might be like? What would a primary between, say, Congressman Cawthorn and Senator Edwards look like? But until we actually know, there's actually no real point in discussing that. So we're not going to do that at this point. So that's all I have, Chris. Anything you want to add? Anything you want people to be thinking about right now?
1: You know, I I think just as we look at these maps, there's going to be a lot of focus on the congressional lines. And they're, Really important. So I'm not trying to downplay that at all. But it takes a little bit more effort. But I would encourage folks to really look at the details of these General Assembly lines as well. They are critical, not just to redistricting, but to so much of what we do as a state. So it it takes a little bit more time, but definitely pay attention at the state level, not just at that top level congressional map.